Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Today, you are in for a treat. You meet those people in life. You ever meet those people and instantly you know, you're like, we're going to be BFFs. This is my BFF, my new BFF. We, Caleb Treat, was at Church of the Highlands for about two years, and we overlapped by about a month. So he moved down there. I was moving out, and we had about a month of time together. And one of our pastor friends texted me. He said, you need to connect with Caleb. Y'all would be great friends. So I go up to him after church and said, hey, man, Pastor Dino said we needed to connect. And we start talking, and it was one of those moments where you go like, this, we're going we're to be best friends. You go, I said, hey, let's go to lunch. So we go to lunch. Lunch goes so good. We go, what are y'all doing after lunch? They're like going to the house. We're like, well, let's go to the house together. You go to the house together. You hang out. You're like, well, what are we going to do now? We're like, well, let's go to dinner together. We spent the first day we spent together from about 9 in the morning until about 1 in the morning hanging out and left there going, this is, we're going to be BFFs. This is. But it's awesome when God gives you those relationships. Anytime you hear me talk about relationships here, Caleb is one of those relationships for me. People that call me, people that pray for you, people that are invested in Valley Rise. Listen, there is not a Sunday morning in the last two years of this church that Caleb, I've not gotten a text, woken up to a text from Caleb saying, let's go VRC, praying for y'all today, believing God's going to move in Tomball, Texas. How many of you know you need people like that in your life? You need people that cheer you on, that encourage you, that push you forward, that remind you of what God has called you to do. Not only do we want to be friends like that, but we all need friends like that. Caleb is now up in Seattle at a great church um, that, that his father started, what, 20, 30 years ago? 30 years ago, and carrying on that legacy. And so we're so glad that he's down here with us today, came to spend time with us. And I said, while you're here, why don't you just bless our people? They're going to love it. So would you give a hand to one of my best friends in the whole world, Caleb Treat. How's it going, guys? Man, I'm excited to be here. It is what, it's such an honor. And uh, I brought my beautiful wife with me, uh, Krista. And then they got a picture of my, the rest of my crew. I look better when I'm with them. You got a, the picture? That's, if you can see it, our two girls are hanging upside down. And then my, I'm holding my boy. And he's not having as much fun as they are in this picture. Uh, but, yeah, that's my crew, Willow, Nora, and Levi. And uh, they are the best. I've already gotten pictures. They're with my parents this morning, just losing their minds. Having, they're waking up having candy. And uh, what grandparents are for. And... Uh, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I do, I text Christian every, every uh, Sunday, excited, praying for you guys, believing that uh, something huge is going to come out of this, out of you guys in this church, and so I'm just excited to be here with you. My dad, has he started our, the church that I'm a part of 39 years ago, it'll be 40 years, the first week of January, so 40 years, and uh, when I hear him talk about when they started their church, they didn't even get the uh, like the nice part of a school. They only had the ability to rent the foyer of a gym. And like I heard his testimony for years, and I was like, that's cool. And all of a sudden, about two years ago, I was like, Dad, you meant the, the gym though, right? He goes, no, 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 the foyer of the gym. And I was like, like the little meeting space outside of the gym? He's like, yeah, that space. That's where we started a church. And I was like, like, you couldn't even go in the gym. He's like, no, they wouldn't give us that. So we just we had, like, the, the, the foyer and then a closet. We had a closet. We had, like, a custodial closet. And I was like, that's all? He's like, yeah, custodial closet. We pray for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit, to receive Jesus. Like, all of our 
all of our ministry happened in a little closet and then we had a little foyer. And I was like, man, I guess you could start something great out of anything. And uh, one of the things I love about hearing that and then being here is I'm excited to, to just do life with Christian you guys and to see all that God does through you guys and uh, through the church here. And so, man, I'm just excited uh, to be a part. And uh, I love your guys' mission uh, to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And I love the mission statement, to create a life-giving church that changes people's perspectives on life through Jesus. It just changes perspective. You know, perspective is a big deal. Perspective is a big deal. You could do a lot with perspective. This is a big room, and I could block the entire room with just one finger. Like, if I put my finger here, all of a sudden I can't see this size of a room. All because of the perspective of what I'm looking through. If I'm looking at a big room, but I put my finger in front of my eye, all of a sudden my whole perspective has changed. And I believe that there's so many people in the greater Houston area that are living so short-sighted, so small-minded, so limited from what God has for them. And you guys are called to help bring a new perspective to show them that God created them for so much more. Okay, come on. Are you going to golf clap me? Are we going to go in? Like, are you know, is this like a golf clap kind of church? Is it like a tennis? Like, I'm just, you know, like, just trying to feel it out. Is this like a football crowd or, you know? We are a clapping church. Amen. <laughs> I'm like just that uncle that just, like, comes in. I'm part of the family. Like, is he already, like, throwing shade at us? Like, it's his first time up there. Like, warm up to it. I'm like, hey, I'm just, this is the uncle. I'm part of the family. It is what it is. I'll be here for the next 40 years. Just like, I'll just show up. Chris, like, you're here in town. I'm like, I came. I'm here. Uh, me and your dad, we're just, we make ourselves at home. Perspective changes so many things in our lives. I think so often we complain about things because we have the wrong perspective. One day a blessing turns into tomorrow's complaint. But you know what I'm talking about? You know, like, if you're married, this will make a lot of sense. I don't know if I could go on. I was like, don't. I was like, ah. Point two, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to all move on. I guess I'm sorry. You guys don't get that one. Uh, she said no. Uh, this is a good story. So I hope, uh, we'll see. Uh, right? Uh, you ever been, like, when you started dating your spouse and, like, you were just so jacked up every time you got to hang out, you were like, hey, uh, so what are you doing uh, tonight? Like, you don't want to be like the guy's, like, overboard that's just like, hey, I'm already outside your house. Like, you want to go out? You're like, oh, uh, you're here already? So you're, like, down the street. You're like, I'm a few minutes away, you know, in case you want to hang out. I'm close. I'm around. I'm free-ish. Um, I remember when me and Chris started dating. We hung out, like, a couple nights in a row. And then there was that moment where it was like, yeah, like, we'll hang out soon. And then both of us weren't doing anything. And by the end of the night, it was like five or six, we were texting. She's like, well, I'm not really doing anything. I was like, well, like, I'm not really busy right now either. And neither of us wanted to, like, take that step because it was, like, it was almost like, have we hung out too much? Are we supposed to take a night off or could we, like, hang out again? I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? Let's just hang out again. Let's go get dinner. Like, I had just eaten, but it didn't matter. Like, I was wanted to, was like, let's go out. Like, I'll eat twice. I'll eat three times. Like, whatever it takes for us to hang out. You fast forward into years and years of marriage, and it's probably not always been that same love of excitement to hang out. You know what I'm talking about? Like, there's been moments where you're like, come on, I swear, could you just be quiet for like one minute before I'll just lose my mind? You know, like, there's been moments in marriage where you're like, I sw- like, what is going on? Uh, 
You're killing me right now. You're just killing me. One day, the greatest blessing of my life turned into maybe something I started to complain about. Why? Because my perspective became broken. Y'all ever bought something new with TV, a car, I don't know, some clothes, sandals, I don't know, you know, whatever you're buying, you know, and it's just like, you were so excited about them. I'm a clothes person, I'm not going to lie, I shop a lot more than my wife. I'll, I get jacked up. I'm like, babe, you should see these new shoes. And she's like, those look like the same pair of Nikes you got two months ago. I'm like, no, they're way different. It's like, show me. I'm like, the laces, the laces are just different. They're just way, they, they're just so much different. I don't understand, you just don't get it. You wouldn't get it. It's not, you're not a sneaker person, you wouldn't get it. One day, I was so jacked up over these Nikes. You fast forward two months, and I'm like, ah. Oh, you walk in your closet. Who in here has ever walked in their closet and said this? I got nothing to wear. <laughs> your clothes are living in their own room, but somehow you ain't got anything to wear. They got their own room in your house, a walk-in closet. It got their own room, and you're like, I ain't got nothing to wear. Why? Because one day's blessing turns into outer perspective, tomorrow's complaints. You see, our world is living in an outer perspective mentality. And they can't see all that God's wanting to give them, all that God's wanting to bless them with because of their perspective. This church wants to align perspectives in a new way, to show them all that God has for them. I want to read a, a verse on faith found in Hebrews 11, 1 and 3. Hebrews 11, we'll read verses 1, and I'm going to jump down to verse 3. I think it's above me. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we understand that the worlds, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. How do we help people change what they see? <clears throat> How do we help change people's perspectives? You see, the, this whole thing that we believe in, this whole thing we're doing has been created from the invisible, which means God is a God of perspective. God is a God that sees what we can't see, operates where we can't see. He brings to life, he brings to our world things that you may not have ever seen before. Faith is the substance of things unseen. It's, you don't know where it is, but somehow it's, faith is the proof of it. Now as I was studying and pushing into this thought for us today, this substance word, if you start to dig into it, it's still there. You guys can take it. Unless you guys want to keep reading it. There's a few of you who are like still reading, like really, really soaking it in. You know, I was like, what are you guys looking at? I'm like, I'm a little ADD. You know what I'm talking about? So like when something moves, uh, it's like, what was that? You know what I'm talking about? Like something moves outside. I was a kid that never got put by the window at school. Uh, these classes over here have standing desks. Come on, somebody. Where was that when I was in, in school? There, have you guys seen these things? I'll go back to class right now. I was like, if I could stand there. I digress. So faith is a substance. Faith is, see, sometimes people have always said to me, what is faith? Do I have faith? Do I don't have faith? Uh, Jesus said, do you have faith like a mustard seed? Is it a mustard seed? I don't, I don't know. How do I measure the faith that I have? How do I know? Because I'll stand in faith and then something doesn't happen right. And so did I not have enough faith? Was my faith weak? Like, tell me how to have more faith. What, where is this faith thing? Well, faith is substance. It is something. So what is it? If you dig into, into that word substance, one of the ways you could define it is a title deed. Y'all have it, titles here? You have a house with a title or a car with a title. 
Now, if you have the title, it means you have ownership of that house. Ownership of, that is your car. If I walked up to you and gave you the title to a car, what would you do? You would take your car. That'd be your car all of a sudden. Like, listen, if you walked up to a house and someone said, hey, listen, I got a title to that house. I'm going to give it to you. It's your house. And someone was in that house, you'd be like, "Uh, get up out of my house. Like, this is my house now. Like, I have taken dominance of this house. I got the title. That is mine. Get up on about, this is my house. This is my fridge. Whatever's in the fridge is mine now. That's my oven. That's my washer. Like, I got the title. This is my house. If faith is the title deed of what you're hoping for, the evidence of the unseen. What faith is, is it's proof of your ownership of what you currently can't see. If you're, if you're going, I have faith for healing, that means that you have ownership of the healing that you currently can't see. I have ownership of the life I'm believing for. I have ownership of the dreams that are in my heart. I have ownership of the purpose I was created to live out. You have ownership of it. So many Christians today, though, have titles to homes they've never moved into. Because they're not taking ownership of what they've been given. Just because you have the title doesn't mean you have occupancy. You gotta move in. You gotta claim your ownership. How crazy would it be if someone gave you the title to a beautiful home and all you did was frame it and never move? You see, God has given you ownership of a life He hand painted for you to live. And so many of us have decided not to live it. We'll just frame it. I'll just look at it because it's good to think about. It makes me feel better thinking I could one day have faith for that. I Conceptually, God wants me to have that. And I guess that's enough for me. No, no, that's not enough for me. If I have the ability to take ownership of something, we should be taking ownership of it and helping others in our neighborhoods, in our communities, at our workplaces, in our families. We should be showing them that God loves me so much. I'm clearly his favorite child. I'm clearly his favorite son. You're clearly his favorite daughter because he has given you so much because you just keep taking ownership and ownership. And you just keep saying, he's like, this is mine. I'm going to take some ownership of this too. But unfortunately, so many of us have never expressed, this is mine. I'm going to go ahead and take this. I love this other verse to break down faith for us more. In Romans 5, 2, it says, We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In Ephesians 2, 8, my favorite verse in the whole Bible, it says the same thing. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. By grace, through faith. Or Romans 5 says, we have access by faith into this grace. Here's, have you, know, have you ever seen Narnia, the movie Narnia, you know, like the little the cabinet, and all of a sudden, like, these kids keep walking in the cabinet. It turns into, like, snow. Four of you. Thank you. Two, three. There it is. Come on, people. I can see you. Like, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, can you see me? Can he? It wasn't a trick question. Narnia's like a good movie. I think it was written by a Christian. I'm pretty sure. You know? Narnia, that doorway that gave them access to a different world, that's faith. Faith is the doorway you must walk through to enter into the grace that God has for you. If Ephesians says, by grace, through faith, you've been saved, then that clearly is the formula God's going to use for everything else. If it's the formula he used for your salvation, it's the formula he'll use for everything else he wants to get to you as well. 
You see, if God took by grace through faith for you to be saved, he's also going to take by grace through faith for anything else. If you want anything from God, including salvation, it's the same formula. You've got to walk through the doorway of faith to enter into his grace. Faith is both a title that you have ownership of and a doorway you get to walk through. It's this unseen thing that changes the perspective, that changes your life, that completely alters the life you're maybe earning or deserving or have worked for and enters into the grace that God wants you to live in. We got to be Christians that fight through this doorway of faith to live the life he's called us to live so we could demonstrate as a testimony of our lives what God wants us to have. There's nothing worse than a Christian that says, hey, you should come to my church. Well, how's your marriage? It's pretty bad. Well, how's your kids? Uh, they, they ran off. Well, how's your, how's your business? And uh, we just closed her down. How's the health? Uh, it's kind of plummeting right now, too. Well, what's going good in your life that God has done? I'm, we have free coffee. I mean, that's good. Okay, I'll take some free coffee. Uh, but what else is happening in your life? You see, too many of us have come to Jesus and changed nothing. Our, pers- our perspective didn't change. So we ha- really don't have much of a testimony to show off God's goodness It's the goodness of God that pulls people to God. It's his goodness. Are you being a testimony of God pulling people to you? Are you so stuck on your old perspectives of your life that you're unwilling to push into what God has for you to show off who God is? Faith. Take a little picture of this light scale, of these waves that show light. Okay, right here in the middle. Visible light. Then you got all this infrared and radio waves. On the other side, you got x-rays and gamma rays. But right there in the middle is the, is the ability to see. That's the, that's the light you can see. And then all of a sudden, that energy starts to change on both sides and becomes radio or x-rays. But right there in the middle is visible. Now, on both sides of the visible light, how long has that been around? It's been around forever, but we haven't had access to it until pretty recent in human history. But it doesn't mean that humans invented or created this energy. It just means that we finally tapped into it. See, there was a sliver that we had access to because we could see it. The rest of it, because we couldn't see it, we didn't know it existed. It doesn't mean it didn't exist the whole time. That, it's not like we created this. God was like, no, nah, that's been around for a long time, y'all. Like, you just figured out how to use it. But it's not like you were like, I just created energy and waves to use an x-ray machine. Like, no one has that patent. God's like, that's still my patent. I still created that. That's still mine. Like, I'm, I'll still hold access. That's, that's, that's my gig. See, it's been there forever, and yet only recently have we had access to use it. Why? Because for a thousand of years, we were limited to what we could see. Is your life limited to what you could see and never tapping into the faith that God wants you to live in? Have you ever said, listen, I'm going to use this title of ownership to claim what God wants me to have. I, I want a great marriage. I want the best marriage in Houston. Why can't you claim that? Why can't you claim your kids are going to be blessed? You're going to walk in health. and Why can't you claim that the business that's in your heart is the business you're going to drive to on Mondays? 
that the passions, the dreams, the songs, the creativity, the whatever that's your, that is in you, why can't you claim that that's what you're going to on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays? Why is it that we leave it for others to enjoy the blessings that God wants you to walk in? Well, because since we can't see it, we just claim, ah, it must not be for me. I can't see it. It's not there. Have you guys ever uh, walked through your house at night and it's dark and you just crush your toe on a table? You know what I'm talking about? Like that moment you're like, it's broken and uh, in the morning this thing is going to the dump. I don't know what it is or how much I paid for it. It's getting thrown away tomorrow because this has a demon in it. It moved into my way and broke my toe. Is that that's just a few of us? Was the table there the whole time? Did you buy the table? Did you buy it from Ikea and put 48 hours into building it? You know what I'm talking about? Like three days later, you have eight screws left, and you're like, ah, so close. I think it'll work for a while. You know what I'm talking about? Like I think they put extra ones in just to screw with us. They're like, we're just going to throw a couple extra, and everyone's going to be like, wait, what are these for? We've all been there. You just walk into it and just crush your foot, you know. And then, like, for us right now, you're like, the first thing you think is stay quiet, don't wake the baby up. You know, so you're just like, oh, I just want to die on the inside. <laughs> Was the table there the whole time? Yeah. But you put it there. You knew where it was, and yet you walked right into it. Why? Because you couldn't see it. So much is in your life that God has put there for you. Blessing. Favor, abundance, health, great friendships, the great marriage you dream of, the business you dream of. All that stuff is in, is there for you. And you're just fumbling around in the dark because you've never engaged in this life of faith that says, I have access, that's mine. I'm claiming that. I'm receiving that. that I'm just, that's just, I have ownership of it. My faith says that I have possession of that healing. So I know that the doctor said I'm going through cancer, but Jesus said I have ownership of healing. And so because his healing is greater than this cancer, I own healing. Do you have ownership in faith of what God's called you to claim? Or are we just walking through life bumping into coffee tables? And God's like, why don't you stop hitting your foot on everything? Turn the light on because I've given you access by faith to claim it. By faith. Faith is a title. Faith is a doorway. How come we don't walk by this, in this faith? How come we ain't living in faith? I think the main reason that most people, including myself, this is my reason. Maybe it's just me, man, I'm preaching to myself. I think the main reason most of us don't engage in a lifestyle of faith is simply because of our fears. Are we, we're just afraid. Yeah, like you're like, ah, oh, like I'm not like, it's not like that easy. I, you're right. It's, fears are so deep. They're so complicated. They're so unique to each and every one of us. And the enemy attacks us individually based on our fears. But we really aren't living the life God wants us to live because of some reason on the inside that says we can't. You can't. You don't deserve it. You don't earn that. Who do you think you are thinking that that's for you? It's, it's fear. It was fear that kept 11 men in a boat when one of them was walking on water. You better believe that I might not have been the first person to walk on water, but I for sure would have been the second. Like, you know, like if Christian got out of the boat and walked on water, I was like, oh, we're walking on water now. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's, watch me jump out of a boat. If he's walking on water, trust me, we walking on water, okay? Like... That is not a story he gets to keep on his own. I'm like, no, we're doing this now. 
What, we, did we do this? This is the thing for us? Yeah, we in. I might not have been first, but I definitely wouldn't have been last. I'd have been like, okay, let's do this. But fear left 11 men in a boat when they saw one of their own walk. Fear left a whole country encamped when one teenage boy walked out and said, I'll kill that giant. It was the same giant. It was the same valley. They all served the same God. How come only one of them was able to step up? Because the rest of them were led by fear when one of them was led in faith. said, I don't know if I could kill him, but David, I love this. Right before David kills Goliath, he says, the battle is the Lord's. He doesn't say, I got this. He doesn't say, this is my moment. He says, this is God's moment. And in faith, I've already claimed it. Take your fall, giant. You see, fear has stopped so many of us from living the faith life God's called us to. What is fear holding you from? What has fear stopped you from? What has fear limited you from? All of us are so afraid to step out, so afraid to have that conversation with our spouse, so afraid to have that, to start that company, that business, so afraid to become maybe our parents or to be failures or to fall short or to, to fail. And like, I don't know if I want to start that business. Just what if it doesn't work? What if it does? Well, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could give. Man, if I give, if I tithe, what if I won't have enough? What if God blesses you? I don't know if I have time to serve on the dream team. I don't know if I have time. What if you took a step of faith and God blessed your time, blessed your finances, blessed your family? See, so many of us are living on the doubts of our ifs instead of the faith of our stepping out. So I'm going to step out of this boat. I'm going to lean out. I'm going to get, come on, don't golf me. I don't like golf. I like football. I'm trying, though. I'm trying to golf. Anyone, any golfers here? Man, bless you. I don't have the faith. That little ball never does what I want it to do. I'm t- I tell it, I'm like, you will go straight. I have ownership of a straight ball. Woo! Like, where did it go? <laughs> like, I don't even know where it goes. I like, someone watch this. When I hit it, make sure that you see where it goes. I'm done losing balls today. Uh, I just got to invest so much in, like, the golf sleeves, the ball sleeves. I'm like, I got I have a lot of those. Like, when you walk up to, like, a pond, I'm like, oh, we're making money today. Let's get these balls. <laughs> I get it. Amen. He's like, you're preaching now. Yeah, that's, we there. <laughs> hey, listen to this, fear. The word for fear in the New Testament is phobos. The Greek word is phobos, which is more translated accurately into phobias in America, in English, America, in our country. Sounded ignorant to me, I'm not going to lie. We speak American. <laughs> In English, jeez. My brother-in-law is from South Africa, and he just speaks very eloquently. And uh, he moved to the States a few years ago. And every time I say, like, even a little bit, I just think of him, like, judging me. And somehow he's going to hear that I said it. And be like, yeah, you said American. So I was like, ah, it's English. I know most. Anyway. Phobos. Phobias. I think the devil is working overtime trying to convince you that your fears are actually part of who you are and not a fear to overcome. 
They're trying to say it's a phobia. And a phobia is just like, it's just a struggle that you have, but there's logic to it. There's reason to it. You should accept it. You should work with it. Try to work around it. Try to massage it. But it's just something that you really struggle with. So don't confront yourself. Don't confront people that have phobias. That would be rude. That's heartless. That's cruel. To say. That's, what, that's like a phobia. There's, that's like a, a real issue that they struggle with. And the devil has convinced you that your fears are legitimate. More legitimate than the ownership of your faith. The devil has convinced you that the reasons why not are more valid than the reasons why to. I would rather not start the company because of all these reasons why. Man, I would rather jump out of the boat and sink and let Jesus pick me up than stay dry in a boat because at least I got Jesus' hand holding me than a dry boat with 11 other doubters with me. We got to be people that jump out of the boat. We got to be people that say, I'm not going to be driven or led by my fears, by my phobias. I love that. You know, phobia, it means it's, it's a flight word, this word fear or phobos. It actually means to take flight, to run from. While faith, if you look up the word faith, it means it's an action step forward. It's an action forward. It's literally the opposite. Either you're going to engage in the life God's called you to and move forward, or you're going to run. You're gonna, it's a flight mentality. It's like, oh, I can't do this. I'm out of here. I'm going to bail on my, on my marriage because I just got afraid. I can't overcome this. We can't work through this. I'm out of here. I'm going to bail on this company. I'm going to bail on this job. I'm going to bail on this creativity. Man, maybe I felt called to be a painter or a writer or create or a sculptor, but I started my first, my first piece is so bad. I'm not, this isn't me, and I'm just going to bail on it. And what if, if you kept working and working and working and working? All of a sudden, it wasn't the first project. It wasn't the second project. How many times did Edison try to make the light bulb? A thousand times? What if he quit on 900? It'd be a dark room right now. Think about it. It was a thousand times before that invention was created. What if he stopped on 999 and everyone thought of him for the rest of humanity as a failed creator? As an inventor, he was really not that, not that good. No, he's one of the greatest in all of humanity in that he failed 999 times. What if God had brilliance for you as long as your faith wouldn't quit? What if God has something for you on the other side of like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. Why? Because my faith has ownership of it. It's a title deed. I own that house. I own this car. I own that company. I own this creation. I own this invention. That's mine. I know I'm not there yet, but I've not given up ownership of it. It's mine. It's just coming. I just got to work through it and work through it and work through it. Will you lean in with faith? Will your perspective on life be I'm moving forward in faith, or will your perspective on life be, I'm running backwards in fear? Is it going to be faith? Is it going to be fear? Man, also, there's some crazy phobias out there. Y'all talking, like, have you ever heard, like, there's, put this phobia up. I got one of them. This is the wildest one I found. That's a real phobia, and I'm not even, I'm not going to come close to saying it. That's a legitimate phobia. If you Google this right now, that's real. People have gotten diagnosed with this. It's also the cruelest phobia because it's a fear of long words. <laughs> Promise you, if you look it up, fear of long words, type in fear of long words, that's the phobia. Which I'm like, like, like if the doctor's like, this is what you struggle with, they're like, ah! <laughs> See? That's what you struggle with. Proved it. I was like terrified of what they're 
Phobias, like that's, that's just so cruel to me. There's phobias for everything. The devil's worked overtime to create fears in our lives, fears in our worlds, fears in what you're going through, fears that you're not enough and you're never going to be enough. Have you ever had a fear come out of nowhere? You know, like you're confident, you're doing good, and all of a sudden, like for me, I had a son. I had two girls, loving life. Throw a son in there. I feel like I've been a pretty good dad, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Am I going to mess up? Am I going to fail my son? Where'd that fear come from? I've been living for 34 years of my life, and I never knew I had that fear. Something came out, and it was like instantly in there. I just never knew it was there. It was like a revealed fear. It's like, oh, my God, I, I, I'm going to mess this up. My girls, we were good. The boy, I got to pray. You see, there's fears that are, wa- that the devil's like, oh, I'm going to wait for the moment to remind you of that issue. I'm going to wait for the moment to remind you of that fear. I'm going to wait for the moment to bring that to life. You were doing so good in your marriage, and then something happened, and all of a sudden a fear, and you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't, know if I can, I don't know if I can have the marriage that God's called me to have. Are you going to push through your fears to live the life of faith? That God's called you. Not that he's called you to have, that he needs you to live to reach the people he needs you to witness to. To reach the people he's called you to reach. Can you turn me to 1 John 4, 17 and 18? In the message translation, I'm going to read this real quick. It says, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home, and mature in us. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. We get the band come up as we close today. Whenever there's an instrument, it just seems so much more spiritual to me. I don't know about you, but it just... No, my wife doesn't appreciate that joke. Uh, well-formed love banishes fear. Well-formed love. You know how much Jesus loves you? When I think of the love that Jesus has for me, and when it really starts to hit me, I start to realize what he's already done for me and how almost juvenile, my fears look in the light of his love. When I see how much God loves me, how far he's had to reach down to pull me up, how, like Peter, I love that Peter stepped out of the boat to walk, but Peter also started to sink. And sometimes that's the part of the story I relate to the most, the part that starts to sink and go, wait, I'm sinking. I tried once. I did step out in faith once. I did believe once, but I started to sink, and I'm just not sure if this is for me. I'm not sure if I can keep going. I'm not really sure if you'd called me to this, God. I'm not sure if you're going to save me again. And then when God reaches out and pulls you up and you realize how much he loves you, how much he's for you, how much he believes in you, how much he's fighting for you. And you start to accept his love and see his love and realize his love. It says, well-formed love banishes fear. Banishes fear. So many of us aren't living the life God's called us to live because we pushed out God's love. We've accepted his salvation, but we said, I don't know if I'm worthy of anything else. I don't know if I deserve anything else. I'm not sure if I'm worthy of anything else. Or we've just not pushed into the revelation 
of truly what God's done for us. You see, if you realize what Jesus has done for you, that love itself would push out the fear in your life. There's no room for fear in love. There's just no room. You know, I think God created a lot of stuff in our world, and then there's things that weren't created that are just filling space that are left empty from creation. For example, God created light. You turn the light off, it's just dark as a byproduct of the absence of light. Cold. Cold is just the byproduct of the absence of heat. You know that fear is just the byproduct of the absence of your faith? If you're not filling a space with faith, it's just going to be filled with fear. The same way a dark room is filled with light. The second the light's turned on, a space will be filled with faith the second you accept God's love. You know, because he loves me so much, there's no more room in my life for fear. So I have the ability to live the life of faith that God's called me to live. I could change my perspective, and I could be a part of a church that's going to change the perspective of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people for the next decades to come. For decades, people are going to have their lives completely turned upside down at Valley Rise because you took a step of faith and said, I'm going to lead this way. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to be this type of person that says, Jesus didn't just affect me at an altar. He affects me on Monday, and he affects me on Tuesday, and he affects me on Wednesday. And because my life has been affected, everyone else around me is going to have the byproduct of that. They're going to be affected because I'm so affected. When they come to my workplace, they're just going to sense the love of God. They're going to experience his, my faith, and they're going to see it in action. They're going to go, what, what is different about your life? Like, well, I'm not perfect. I'm, honestly, I don't deserve this. I, don't, I didn't earn this. I'm not worthy of this. But I just know that my God loves me so much. And because he loves me so much, I stepped out of the boat. And I make a lot of mistakes. And I kind of sink a lot. But I just know that God keeps reaching down and pulling me up. And he'll reach down and he'll pull me up. And I just keep going. I'm not going to get back in the boat. I'm walking with you, Jesus. And so I started this. And I, I, I went there. And I, I traveled here. And I created this. And I got out of the boat. I started living a life of faith that God has called me to. I slung the rock at the giant, not because I thought I could beat him, but because I thought God could do it for me. There's giants in your future, and they're not there to beat you. They're there to elevate you. It was the giant that elevated David. There's giants that God's called to use, not to make you run in fear, but to elevate your faith, to show off the goodness of our God. Let's all close our eyes this morning. God, help us accept your love. God, help us accept your love. Pastor Christian is going to come in a moment and lead us in a, a moment of salvation. Before I turn it over, I want to pray for anyone in here that's struggling with fear. I know I do so often. So often I'm always fighting my own internal battle, my own internal thoughts as a parent, as a husband, as a leader, as an employee, always battling my own self-doubt. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what you're battling. I don't know what you're going through. And I don't know the dreams in your heart, but God does. And today, all I want to do is pray for you to push out that fear because you realize just how much God loves you. God, I thank you for every single 
person in this room. Fill us with your love. Give us a revelation of your love today so that we could carry that revelation with us every day. Tomorrow our day will look different because of the revelation we're getting right now in this moment in your presence. Change our families, change our marriages, change our schools, change our businesses, change our workplaces. Not because we're something great and amazing, but because we serve a great and amazing God that loves us so much. Got to think of that fear is being pushed out because your love is invading us in this moment. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.